Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. Our sermon text today is from Exodus chapter 25, verses 23 through the end of the chapter. Just to put things into context, Israel has been out of Egypt now for about three months. They find themselves encamped at the base of Mount Sinai. Here at the base of Mount Sinai, uh, Moses has now gone up into the mountain to receive the Decalogue. And he's come back down to communicate this to Israel. Israel has said that, yes, we agree to do as God commands. We will be your people. And so Moses, the elders, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, they go up and they confirm with God in a covenant meal that they will be God's people. They will do as he says. So as they've come back down, Moses ascends again. And for 40 days and 40 nights, he receives the instructions for the tabernacle. That is where we find ourselves today. First, Moses received the instructions for the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat of God, the furniture for the most holy place. Our text today is a description of the furniture in the holy place. First, the most holy place, and then the holy place. The first thing that we see for the instructions for the table of the bread and the golden lampstand is that even though this is a summation, there are a lot of details. God is very specific with what he wants. In verse 40, he says, And see that you make them after the pattern for which is being shown you on the mountain." Make sure, Moses, that these things are done exactly as I say. So even though it's a summation, it's very detailed. The other thing that we can see is that uh, there's a lot of gold in the tabernacle. There's a table of gold. There's a rim of gold. There's cups and plates and pitchers of gold and utensils of gold and a giant lampstand of gold. There's a lot of gold in the tabernacle. We're often a little dense and God knows this. And so God repeats things for us when he wants us to pay attention. In this text today, God says, gold, 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 gold. So we would do well to pay attention to the gold. Well, gold means holiness in scripture. And the importance of holiness here, we can kind of understand if we zoom out. If we zoom out from the tabernacle and we are looking at the entire camp of Israel, outside of the camp is not holy. Inside of the camp, there's a degree of holiness that's necessary for God's people. As we move more to the center, closer to the most holy place, to the courtyard of the tabernacle, there starts to be a higher degree for holiness. We can see this in the bronze and the silver that's outside in the courtyard of the tabernacle. But here 
and the holy place and also the most holy place. Everything is gold. Everything is covered in gold because gold communicates holiness and purity. Here in the holy place, God will be worshiped. People will be in the presence of God. And so there is a necessity for holiness. We are not prone to be holy. As fallen human beings, in fact, we're prone to sinful behavior. And we're also not prone to worship God as God desires. And see, this tabernacle is all about worship. It's all about worship and the presence of God. But as we see later on in the incident with the golden calf, Israel is not good at coming up with ways to worship God. We're not prone to worship God as God desires, but God desires for his people to be in his presence through proper worship. And so God makes a way. We can see in the table for the bread of the presence and the golden lampstand that God makes a way for his people to be in his presence in proper worship, just as he desires. We're going to look at these two pieces of furniture today, the table for the bread of the presence and the golden lampstand. And we're going to see that in this design of this tabernacle furniture, that God makes a way. And we are going to look at this in two different ways, the practicality of the furniture and the purpose behind the furniture. Practicality and the purpose. First, the practicality of the table, of the bread, of the presence. At first look, a giant table covered in gold may not seem very practical, but there are certain design features that God communicates that is indeed very practical. Verse 23 says that you shall make a table of acacia wood. The table itself is made of acacia wood and then it's overlaid with gold. Why is this practical? A table made of solid gold would be too heavy to move. And this table was to move around in this portable temple, in this tabernacle. So as Israel moved through the wilderness, they would have a place to worship God and to enjoy his presence. That was the point of the tabernacle. And so that is the point behind this furniture. First, that this table is portable with a core of wood. So it would be lighter. You see, there's practicality behind God's design. We can also see the practicality of God's design in the rim around the table. Verse 25 says, And you shall make a rim around it a handbreadth wide and a molding of gold around the rim. Why a rim on the table, you may ask? This table was to hold the bread of the presence of God. And God would require that his priests always have 12 loaves of bread on this table, even when the table was being moved. So you can see that a rim around the table, around the edge of the table, would be very practical. It would keep the bread from falling off the table, even as they carried it through the wilderness. God wants his people to worship him properly using this furniture of the tabernacle, God prescribes that this bread should always be on the table 
and that the people should move this around the wilderness. And so you can see it's very practical. In God's practical design, there's a rim that enables God's people to worship God as he desires. Verse 26 says, and you shall make for it four rings of gold and fasten the rings to the four corners at its four legs. These rings of gold would have poles inserted into them. The table could then be carried around in the wilderness. This table, again, was made, was made to be portable, to be carried around. And these rings enabled the poles to go in and out, first in to be carried around and then taken out so that the priests could minister around the table and do the work that God set before them. Practical design. We can even see the practical design of this table in where the rings are placed. Verse 27 says, close to the frame, the rings shall lie. The holders for the poles were close to the center of gravity for the table. God's design is so practical as he enables the worship of God. I keep saying that there's purpose behind these practical designs. And one of the obvious purposes behind it is that this furniture would be portable. But was it God's intention simply for Israel to build a portable line of durable tabernacle furniture for carrying around the desert? No, the portability just enabled something, right? It enabled God's priests to worship him properly. It enabled God's priests to carry this furniture around the wilderness so that God's presence would always be with them as they traveled from place to place in the wilderness. The purpose is proper worship of God. The purpose is God bringing his priests into the presence of God through proper worship. The other thing that we can see in the design of this table and the purpose of this table is the, in the place settings, the, the golden place settings, the, the golden utensils, the golden plates, the golden cups, the golden pitchers. Would God need a golden fork to eat this bread? No. In fact, God wasn't even going to eat this bread. This bread was for the priests. And this rich table setting, this, this dining room table set for a king, it wasn't for God, but it was to communicate to God's priests that they were welcome at this kingly table. It was a table set for a king, but it was the servants who were invited to partake in that bread every Sabbath. Every Sabbath as they worshiped, they would eat the bread of the table of the presence. And so the place settings of gold on this table would communicate to God's priests that they were to come into God's presence, that they were welcomed into God's presence at his table to worship him as he says, to glorify him as he says, but for them to enjoy his presence and to be nourished by this bread of the table of the presence. The work that God sets before his priests brings them into his presence through proper worship. And this is enabled 
by the practical design of the table. Brothers and sisters, are we not invited to a more rich table? Are we not invited to a table of eternal glory? The table of the Lord's Supper, where not the bread of the presence rests, but the bread of life, where we come to remember the body of our Savior broken and his blood poured out for the salvation of our sins, for eternity. You see, the priests came to a table to worship, and we come to a table to worship as well as we take the Lord's Supper, as God communicates to us that Jesus' body was broken for us, and that in him we are saved, that we rise from the dead just as he does. Israel's priests worshiped at a table of God's presence. And so do we, brothers and sisters. We are sinners separated from God, but God makes a way for proper worship through the Lord's Supper, through the table that we commune with him. We've seen the the practicality and the purpose of the table. Now what about the lampstand? How is a five-foot-tall, 70-pound, solid gold lampstand that looks like an almond tree practical? In fact, the fact that it's made of solid gold, you could even make the argument, is not practical. I just said that the table has a wooden core, and that's practical, so it can be carted around the wilderness. Well, this solid gold lampstand is practical as well in two ways. First, that it's durable. A solid gold lampstand would not rust. It wouldn't corrode. A 70-pound lampstand, it wouldn't be likely that you'd tip it over. So there's some practicality in that it's durable and it's stable, this golden lampstand. But let's look at the real practicality behind a lampstand, really behind any lampstand. Is that It provides light. It provides light. Verse 37 says, You shall make seven lamps for it, and the lamps shall be set up so as to give light on the space in front of it. Seven lamps to illuminate this tabernacle. Not one, but seven. One lamp might be used by a household that was fairly well off to light up their tent at night. This would be necessary if you wanted to see or do anything after the sun had gone down. But in God's tent, there's not one, but seven, an abundance of light. We can see that not only is God's design practical, but it is abundantly useful. These seven lamps on the lampstand. The tabernacle would have been a dark place. There was actually three coverings that made up the tent of the tabernacle. There was a covering of goat hair. There was then a hide of ram's hide and then another covering of goat hide on top of that. So the inside of the tabernacle would have been very dark. 
And God's called for his people to, to come in and, and to worship at this table, to be in the presence of God. But he wasn't going to have his priests bumbling around in the dark. No, this inner illumination, these seven lampstands would light the way for the priests, even in the placement of this lampstand. You could see the practicality of it. Remember, verse 37 says, you shall set it up so as to give light in the space in front of it. Again, this light wasn't for God, just like the utensils weren't for God. But this light was to illuminate the space where the priests would worship, where the priests would do the work that God set before them. Inner illumination of the tabernacle was for the work of God. It was for the worship of God. You see, this furniture is, in fact, very practical. The priests wouldn't be able to see how to worship God properly in the dark. But God makes a way through the lampstand. We, too, have a lampstand, brothers and sisters. We, too, have a lamp for our feet. Psalm 119 says that the law of God is a lamp unto our feet. That is our abundant illumination. It is through the words of Scripture that we see how we are to worship God properly. It's through the words of Scripture that we know what duties God requires of us and what we're to believe about God. It's this inner illumination of the Scripture that God communicates to us and that God enables us to worship him properly so that we're not bumbling around in the dark, so that we're not coming up with our own golden calves, worshiping God improperly and bringing sin on ourselves. But instead, as we read God's word and as we understand God's word, we are illuminated We can worship God properly because he tells us how. He shows us the way in his word. These lamps would need constant attention in the tabernacle. They were really simply a bowl, a clay bowl with a pinched spout. The spout would hold the wick and you would pour oil into the bowl. They would need constant maintenance, constant filling of the oil, constant trimming of the wicks, constant cleaning. Because these lights were to provide illumination all day long, 24 hours a day, they were to be lit. Well, just like these lamps need constant attention, we too need to pay constant attention to our lamp. As we read scripture regularly, As we meditate on the meaning of God's word, this is how our way is lightened. When we read scripture and we understand, when the power of the Holy Spirit applies that word to us, that is how the wisdom of God becomes ours. That is how we know. And this requires constant maintenance, constant attention. And it brings us constantly into the presence of God. It should be our constant joy as we read scripture. The lamps needed constant attention. And so does the lamp inside of us need constant refreshing and reminding of who God is and how we are to worship him. So we can see 
through the table and the lampstand. These very physical devices that God provides a way for his people to worship him, to be in his presence. It's what God's desire is. He provides us with these physical things. And these physical things, they communicate to us very important spiritual realities. We're physical creatures. We understand physical things. Physical reality is something that's right in front of us. We can touch it. We can see it. We can smell it. We can taste it. We know that it's real because we see it. It's in our presence and it's physical. We might even believe virtual reality, right? Things that aren't even real, but they're virtual. They may look real. They may even feel real. But this virtual reality is nothing but a farce. And yet we believe so easily that it's real. The one thing that we find very hard to believe is spiritual reality. We are physical and spiritual beings. And God knows that we have a hard time in our fallen state understanding these spiritual things. And so he communicates to us in ways that we understand. He communicates to us in the physical words printed in scripture. For Israel, he provided physically a table and a lampstand to communicate the spiritual realities that God was present that there was work to do for God, that he called them in to worship him, as he said, for his glory. He made a way through physical means, just as he makes a way for us through physical means, through the word and through the bread at the Lord's Supper, through the cup, physical things that communicate spiritual realities. This table of the Holy King, set with a golden place setting, invited the priests in to worship God, communicated to them the very real spiritual reality that God desired his people to be in his presence and to worship him properly and to welcome them to this kingly table where they would weekly partake in eating this physical bread communicating the spiritual reality that God was with them and that God provided richly for them because they were his people. And the physical reality of light, the golden glow of the lamp that reminded God's people of his presence, of his golden presence that they could enjoy as they worshiped him. Even in the dark of night, Even in the middle of the night, in the middle of the desert, where there was no light but the stars, that tabernacle would have glowed because of the abundance of God's light, because of those seven lamps set on the golden lampstand. God communicated to his people in the dark of night with the glow of his golden presence that he was indeed in their midst and that he called them to worship him because they were his people. God reminds us of that too. Every day, if we will only look to the lamp of scripture, he communicates to us that he is very real 
that his spirit is with us and that he has sent his son even in the dark of night to die on that cross and be the light of glory for our salvation. We are not prone to worship God as he desires, but God makes a way for us to be in his presence through proper worship of him. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 